This podcast contains potentially adult language, adult themes, definitely drinking, and possibly sexual context. Listener discretion is advised. dog is going nuts. I'm your host, Erica Lance. My co-host today is J.M. Paquette and her dog. And our guest today is Steve out here. Yes. Um, we, we can talk about the, you know, the thing about being at home and recording these podcasts is life can happen. As we know that my system decided to reboot right before I tried to record it. It's awesome. Okay, let's talk a little bit about what we're drinking. I am still drinking my coffee. I keep refilling it up with Bailey's in it like a boss. Um, Jen is drinking an incredibly boring version of what she normally drinks that she'll share. I have chamomile tea in a fabulous Nightmare Before Christmas mug. Stop trying to wow people with the stupid mug and your boring chamomile tea. Nobody's interested. Oh, whatever. Whatever, you and your... You should be in a house full of cats. That's where you should be. Right? I, you should be the I old cat lady with your chamomile tea. I'm just excited. It's finally below 80 degrees today. So, yeah, I'd say I'm back in Florida, but living in North Carolina, it was like 40 degrees, 30 degrees in the mornings every morning. It was so wonderful because I could wear slippers and a robe and it wasn't weird. Anyway, Steve, what are you drinking? I am drinking a Coors Light. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So, um, and Steve's super excited about the rapid fire questions that are going to happen right now. He is. You can tell if you watch the video of this that he's super excited. Um, so the first question is, what is your favorite book of all time? Um, the Diary of Ellen Grimbauer. What Why? is the Diary of Ellen Grimbauer? Stephen King. It's, oh. It's, it's the story of Red Rose. Or Rose Red, I'm sorry. Oh, wow. Okay. And it was written by, I think her name was Pearson. I I'm, I'm, can't remember that off, but I just, I love that story, the way it was written. Um, Stephen King turned it into the, the Red Rose, a Rose Red okay. uh, miniseries on TV, but the, the book itself is fascinating. Um, starts in the 1800s, goes all the way through the time. And it's written just like reading someone's diary. Okay. I I'd never heard of that before. Had you heard of that, Jen? Yeah, it's the woman living in the haunted house. And then you're, you're the, it, it's a little bit of the, is she crazy? Is the house haunted making her crazy? Like, where's, where's the line? It's a little yellow wallpaper at moments. But Stephen, I only heard of it because, yeah, Stephen King um, made it into a uh, series. And it's pretty interesting. Very cool. Did you know that Jen actually wrote a dissertation on Stephen King's The Stand? I did not know that. That's Jen, why don't you share? Oh, I, my, my dissertation is, uh, it got published by McFarland Press and it's called Standing Up with the King. So I do The Stand and uh, The Dark Tower and uh, all of the influences about that. So Stephen King is my jam. Oh, nice. Yes. Yes, it's a so little can I, I'm going to rapid fire. So what's your favorite Stephen King book? Is I would say The Girl Who Loved Tom Gordon. Oh, the Refrigerator People. 
<laughs> refrigerator people? No, she keeps talking about like the hum of the refrigerator and how, you know, like when you're home alone, it's quiet, but you can still hear that hum. And then it's like, as she, cause she's delirious in the woods for, oh, how long is she? Like four or five days or something, right? And she starts thinking of like- in the woods. She's like a nine-year-old girl going on 10, um, you know, who gets lost in the woods. Oh. It's a good book. Typical scary, scary, you know, type of stories. He just takes a, the terrifying experience a child would have being lost in the woods. There is a line in that book that haunted me where she's just lost and the narrator tells you, it's like she can climb this hill, but she's tired. So she's like, I'm not going to climb that hill. I'll go around. And she, instead of climbing the hill where on the other side is a lake filled with like vacationers where she would have been rescued immediately she goes left into like 300 miles of canadian wilderness and i was like oh no but she doesn't know of course you don't yeah so. it's just like life the choices you make you know mm -hmm. right, you go left yeah this is true it's very true i feel like the entire world went left on that in 2020 with covid like yeah. could have gone over yeah. the hill but instead we're going to go this way to the canadian wilderness <laughs> maybe syrup okay what is um the book you consider the worst book of all time <laughs> oh man um I don't really have an answer on that one. <laughs> I mean, I know what it takes to, to do a book. And it was, I guess it was uh, an independent author who wrote, you know, I can't breathe. And it has nothing to do with, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement. It was about a woman who meets a vampire. And everything was beautiful. Oh, the beautiful book. The beautiful, the beautiful book. book. Got um, it. Do you finish books? Are, like, are you committed? Do you finish them if they're not? Always. Always. Oh. And it's a fault of mine. I, I just tell myself, okay, I'm, I'm done with this story, but I'll turn around and say, that's it. I'm going to go ahead, plow through this 40, 50 pages at a time until I'm done and be over it. I mean, I read a science book and I can't even remember the name of it. It was, the guy had a beautiful science fiction thing. They were in spaceships hovering around all these planets in the, in the future. And there was a lot of strange creatures happening, but he was a scientist and he used such big words the whole way through the book. I was lost. I, mean, I don't know. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, and, but the premise of the story was great. It's just the way he articulated it out there for people. And I, I just couldn't do it, but I, I did finish it. Um, but and I can't even remember the name because I really didn't don't want to remember the name. Do you leave reviews? I mean, I hate to say it, that sometimes people get too much in their own thing. I mean, it's great to write. It's kind of like sci-fi. I think sci-fi can border on that sometimes. Like there's very intelligently written sci-fi that is like you have to be kind of a brainiac to read this sci-fi the way it's written. It's very technically written, right? And there's absolutely an audience for that. But when somebody uses, and I, I, I've actually talked about this at um, writing conferences and stuff like that. And you were talking about it, you know, with the whole beautiful thing is using alternate words. I 
hate when an author uses an obscure word or, or a very difficult word and in and they could have used a different word like it didn't need to be used like there are sometimes if you're trying to talk about like a certain character and that character is like that and uses these big words to make people feel dumb great knock Ooh. yourself out use big words but if you're doing it just to show how fancy you are as an author and that you're abhorrent for instance and you're like it was abhorrent and i'm going to talk about abhorrent. most people don't know what the hell the word abhorrent means like and and you use the word and then literally i feel like it can almost make your audience feel dumb if you use a bunch of words that throw them out of the story because they're like i don't understand what that word means yeah i mean i have a friend of mine he's an avid reader and he reads all my stories he's one of the guys that's always there to pick up the first copies and mm -hmm. he said you know when he runs into those type of books he just makes up his own words as he goes along because I just keep plowing through it. I make up my own word and sub it, you know? Yeah, it's terrible though that that's where you have to get to, right? To do that. That's, to me, I'm like, what the crap sticks that you're having to do that to somebody? Well, and, and it makes me think of um, Andy Weir. Now he wrote The Martian. Yeah. And I love that story. I would have loved the other science fiction story had the guy put some humor in it, um, use smaller words. And they were both, you know, rocket scientists. So, and, and look what happened to Andy Weir. He's, you know, a best-selling, he's got a movie out. Um, so, I mean, it, it's just a matter of presentation. And I tried, it's hard to find your own balance, you know, what works right for you. What are your readers gonna expect? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's true. Okay, um, Jen loves to ask this question, so I'm gonna steal it from her. Uh, what type of books do you like to read? Do you like them to be physical? Go ahead, Jen. You can ask the question. You know what question is going to be asked here. Are you are you an e-reader or or do you like the touch them? I like to touch them, smell them. I do not like the e-reader thing. I don't. Um, I'm not big on audio books, even though a couple of my books are on audio. Uh, I just, I mean, everybody has their own preference. I guess if I was stuck in a car traveling a lot, going from business to business every day, an audio book would work for me. Um, I have a friend of mine who's in the tree trimming business. He's a foreman, so he's out and he's in the trucks a lot. So they listen to audio books a lot. Um, but I'm not really into the audio thing. I just, I'm not. That makes sense. Do you have audio books of your books? Yes. Um, the Ghost Hunter and the Lizardville stories are in audio book. And we're working on a audio book for James the second one. That never came out on audiobook, but we're, we're backtracking a little, little bit to put that on out. That is awesome. That is very awesome. Do okay, you, Jen. When, when you read a book, do you will you write in it or mark the pages, or are you like a bookmark and keep it clean? Bookmark. I do not like to mark my, my pages. No dog ears for me. No, you won't crack the spine? Um, no, I try not to. I prefer hardcovers, by the way. Um, that's, that's my thing, because I like to collect them. So I, I like reading a paperback. I would prefer a hardcover. If I really like a book, I'll, I'll buy it again in hardcover. Oh, wow. So how many um, bookshelves do you have in your house then, if you're like that? I know what Jen's is like. So five or six behind me here. Um, it was a Christmas present last year from my wife. She got me all new bookshelves that all matched. Oh, wow. Really nice. Um, 
it was probably the most thoughtful thing anyone's ever done for me. It really, really helped me along. Um, well, I was going to say, she also do that for her to go, I need to clean up this mismatching mess in the house and give you all that. <laughs> no, I do have a couple of others. I, I'm one that, I mean, I'm not a book hoarder. So, I mean, if I like a book a lot, I will keep it. If it was an okay story, um, I'll, you know, pass it on in the yard sale or something or donate them to Goodwill or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. And to go back and answer the one question a little earlier that you asked, um, now it's my mind. Okay. I've had way too much to drink. I already have a beer and I'm done. <laughs> it's early in the day. That's okay. That's we can we create that effect on people. Yes, we do. Whoa, okay. No, ooh, I just lost it myself. Jen, <laughs> Jen, you're on. Do something. When, when you're writing, um, does it have to be silent or can you have music on? It goes both ways. Um, sometimes I like to listen to hard rock. So um, in my newest story, The Ghost Hunter, it was actually a hard rock song that inspired part of that book. Ooh, do you have like that? playlists that go along with your books? I do not, and it's something I've seen other authors do. Um, I'm, I'm not sure why I don't. So, and I, are you? I, every time you, I hear the song come on, I envision it as the opening credits and for the movie. Yeah. But you know, there's no movie yet. Fingers crossed. Um, are you a morning writer, an evening writer? When do you do your writing? Morning, if possible. Okay. okay. Very cool. Do you um uh? So you you did a hard rock song, so it obviously has lyrics, right? What song was it? It's by a group called the Used. U S E D, and it's a song called "The Bird and the Worm." Oh, all right, yeah. Very cool. What is your most interesting fan experience that you've had? Um, I think a couple of come to mind. Okay, um, we were stopped. We we stopped one day to get a burger at a place called Aussies. It's from Outbacks, but they have like a little place where you can stop and get hamburgers. And the waiter came, the guy behind the counter. We we ordered some burgers, and he's looking at me, and he goes, "You're an author," and I'm like. Uh, yeah, I am. And he goes, I remember you. I, I bought your book a year ago over at the Barnes and Noble. And I had a face mask on. So it was wow. kind of puzzling that he remembered me. Um, maybe it was my eyes or my eyebrows or something that stuck out to him. But, you know, I, I still kid my wife today. I said, see, now I'm going to have to start wearing a baseball hat and sunglasses everywhere. And she's like, uh, no, no, not at all. <laughs> No, it's interesting though when you're recognized or people approach you or when they hear you talking or something and then they have that moment where they're like, oh my God, and they're a fan, you know, and, and they talk about how you're, how much they liked your book or whatever and how it impacted them. That's a huge thing. I don't, I think people need to know that authors in general are very approachable and we want to hear what you think of our book, especially if it's positive. If oh, it's yeah. negative, you might hear something different from us if you approach us. But if it's positive, I think it's amazing. Come up and tell us. We want to hear how, how it affected you or what your favorite part was. Do uh, Has anybody approached you and brought up a part of the book where you were like, I don't remember that? 
you know, some character? Um, I've I had one person come up and they told me they didn't like my endings. Um, and I, you know, it's like I told them, I really appreciate your thoughts and, uh, it helps me, it helps me learn and grow as a writer. Yeah. It's what came to me at the time. I mean, I think the J.K. Rowling, I don't know how many times she said it, she kind of wishes she would have put Hermione Granger and, you know, Harry Potter together at the end instead of Ron Weasley. So, I mean, you go with what's in your heart and in your mind at the time, and that's was the ending I came up with, and that's the way it went. So, but, you know, um, no, I mean, another moment that I had was... Uh, when I was at Sci-Fi Barto, when that guy came up to me and asked about, you know, I'm here for my niece. My niece couldn't make it, but she she took the time to get her uncle to come and track down, track me down and get a book. So that was kind of, it meant a lot to me that, hey, I can't be there because I have a prior engagement with somebody. I think it was a family wedding or something, or a, a friend of hers getting married, but she sent someone there to get the book because she wanted it autographed, not just buying it from Amazon. No, I think that's fantastic. You know, it really is a true thing. And when they come up and they come back and they repeat and they want your next book or they buy your whole series when they're standing there because they're, you know, into it. And I think it's great because I actually met you at a convention. I met you at Tampa Bay Comic-Con. Yes. And you were very approachable. And I think that's another thing authors need to understand is you can't sit behind a table and hope people will approach because especially at Comic-Con, you get those people going down the middle of the row where they're like, think they're in a shielded area where they're protected from people talking to them. So you, you have to draw them in and you, they, I think it's interesting. Anytime, you know, we're at a booth and we, you know, we're there as a publisher, but we'll have some of the authors there and we go, Hey, you know, there's this, you know, uh, high fantasy vampire romance and this is the author right which happens to be jm in this particular case i use that as an example because she's sitting here and people go oh my god you're the author they get really excited to actually talk to the person who wrote the book mm -hmm. and get it signed and have that it's a huge impact but you have to actually talk to them otherwise they you know they'll oh, just go down that little lame walk by you know, I, it's one of the things, it's one of the secrets if you're going to be doing events that I talk about. You know, if you're in an event, if you sit there and watch people walk by all day, that's exactly what you're doing is watching the crowd walk by. If you don't get up and engage. So for myself, I don't like to sit down at an event. I actually bought a fold-up bar stool so I can sit from time to time, but I'm elevated high enough that I can still see over my table. I'm not hiding behind the table and i like to say hello to everybody you know ask them hey what kind of books do you like to read you like to read paranormal mystery suspense um anything to draw you over to my table i've actually gone as far as because i always have a crow a raven on my um table with me representing the crows from my lizardville stories and i'd be actually on on crowds where there's not a lot of people there and they're small i'll hold the crow up hey have you met annabelle this is Annabelle, and people will look over and like, no, um, yeah, she's one of the main characters in my book. You should read this. So, and it works. Um, it's a matter of just you can't sell something if you can't talk to somebody. Once you make your presentation and explain to them a little bit about it, and and I always start off with that. You know, here's this is my Lizardville Ghost Stories series. You know, 
it's set in the 1970s. There's a group of teenage boys that go out along the banks of Big Fishing Creek where there's an old broken down axe factory and a dam there. And the oldest boy, he tries to scare the young kids and he tells them the legends of the axe factory murders. And that wakes up the spirit world. And these books have won five literary awards, twice appeared in a national magazine. And if I haven't mentioned it, I'm sorry. I am Steve, I'm the writer. And people go, oh my gosh, you wrote this. And, th and at that point, I mean, yes, I have. Do you have any questions? Let me know. And, and usually like, um, you know, I'll take one. You know, I'm like, yeah. And I've had them say, do you charge extra to sign them? I'm like, no, no, I don't. And I don't charge extra to take, a, to take a picture either. But I want people to come over and feel welcome. I want them to have that experience, you know, that, something that they won't forget. Hey, this guy took the time. He wanted a picture with me because I always offer a picture. And on my website, you can go on there in, in the gallery and look at all the, the pictures and stuff of the fans that I, I just love to post them up there with the people that, you know, the, the adults, the kids, any of them that buy a book from me. I love to do that because I want you to have that experience. This guy is my friend and I want to buy his books. That is very, very cool. Like what about your kiddos? Do your kids like your books? Um, they do. Um, and I, I, I'll tell you a funny story. So I wrote those couple of children's books, the middle grade chapter books, the Gabby and Maddox series. And then on my fourth book, when Lizardville Ghost Story came out, my mom loved it. And she goes, now I can tell my friends that you're a writer. I'm like, uh, what about my other books, mom? Those don't count. And she goes, yeah. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Thanks, mom. You know, you're like, wow, it's the fourth book, and you're finally going to start telling people I'm a writer. Thanks, mom. Love you too. You know, but she goes, no, this was your best story. And but I was like, okay. But no, my, my kids, um, my oldest daughter, she's a uh, detective um, in the state of Florida, and I don't know how much time she has to read anymore. She's really into her job. Um, it's a tough world for them to be in anymore. And my other daughter, she's a pharmaceutical technician for a big hospital. And I don't know how much, they, I mean, they always get my books. That's fine, as long as they're free. So, <laughs> you know, family discount. But yeah. Yeah, they read them, they, they leave reviews. It's always the hardest thing to get a review from your family. No, I think it, it and it, it's true with friends too. Like, uh, you know, we all want our friends and family to be super supportive and take our books and read them and write reviews. But sometimes that's worse than getting a random stranger who likes your genre to take your book and give you a review. Yeah. It, it, it is interesting though. I mean, I, I write both horror books like, you know, uh, they don't end well. And then I write chiclet erotica under another name but it's very interesting my dad loves to talk about those books in front of his friends this is my daughter she wrote Horror Island and I'm like you know I love the promotion dad but like this is could you not like talk about the other theories like could you not talk about the nope you're going to talk about okay we're going to talk about this have you read my dad reads every single one of my books every single one of them and I'm like well uh, I don't know how I feel about this this is like awkward like 
know, it's it's love though. Dad, if you're listening, I love you. I do. You're you're probably one of my number one fans and I appreciate the hell out of you, but it's definitely an interesting experience when your dad's talking about your erotica books to his, you know, buddies that he's <laughs> okay. Is there some more whiskey here? I can do this if there's more whiskey. <laughs> okay. So um what is your favorite book to movie or TV? series which which one did you want to go they did a good job i think the maze runner and the first book i really i really like that um divergent was good too but i i think the maze runner they really brought that to life and the giant maze the way they portrayed all of that i think it got a little crazy after that but that very first book, The Maze Runner, and that the movie was great to me. What about the worst one where you were like, this is terrible? Oh, no, no. <laughs> I don't like- I already set this up with the first question I asked you, so I don't know why you're surprised on question two. Women don't hate me, but I'm not a Twilight fan. Oh, no, I'm not, trust me. I have a weird, weird thing with that movie. And one of my best friends, me and her watch that movies all the time, but not because we think it's a good movie. <laughs> that it's a weird, it's a weird punishment we put ourselves through actually all the time with that. No, I think it's interesting um, when you look at book to movie or book to TV series, because you have to remember that you can never tell a whole book in a movie. Like I'm excited to see the new Dune. A lot of friends have uh, talked so about the Okay. Is your dog barking or something? You can mute yourself again. Shut it. No, Shut it's it. It's so good. Watch it. Yeah, because I've seen so many incarnations that I was really looking forward to the mini series that would help correct some of it, and then it didn't. Like, like the first it's movie is a, a weird movie. In it just by the movie. I like the first movie from just being the movie, but nothing to do with the book because they, they were ridiculous in that movie, right? But then the miniseries came out and I was like, well, this is better, but I still, I don't feel like they nailed it. So I'm really hoping they nail it with this next one. Yeah, me too, because that's it's on my uh, to watch list. Very cool. Jen's already seen it, everybody who's listening and she's dying to tell us how great, no. Nope, we are not doing spoilers on this show. I would not do, I would never. No, it is satisfying. I will say that. It is satisfying. It is, it is adequate. It is an adequate movie. Perfectly adequate. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Mr. Darcy. Oh my goodness. Okay, so I'm going to ask a question and then I'm going to let Jen ask the last question. So getting her set up for this. Um, what will push you out of a story? Like, what is the first thing you talked about the beautiful, but when you're reading a book, what is your like biggest pet peeve? I think a lot of repetitive words um, is one, a lot of errors. And I've read some books that are pretty bad. Um, something that I don't do is if I read a bad book and I, I'm not happy with it, that's my opinion. So I don't leave a review. Um, I'm just not going to do that. I know what it takes to the effort and the time to put into putting a book together and to getting it out into you know finished product. So I'm not going to sit and belittle somebody just because it might be somebody that, that that you know because I didn't enjoy it doesn't mean somebody else won't. 
Um, but I think a lot of errors, um, repetitive words, um, sometimes the lack of plot, and the, the lack of a story. I mean, it's, it's hard for me. It has to catch my attention, otherwise I'm lost. You know, I, I'm just not interested. Well, that makes sense. That mm -hmm. does. Okay, Jen, final question. What are your six rules? Yes. Okay, so the first one is- all. I totally forgot about that because I finished all of my Irish cream. It's fine. <laughs> See, that's why she's drinking tea because she can stay on on topic. Oh yeah, no, that's absolutely why. That and being allergic. Go ahead, six, six. So do it. You have to find your niche. What works for you? That's rule number one. There's a lot of that goes into that, but basically, find your niche, stick to it. I mean, if I'm a romance writer, I'm not going to sit and try to write a science fiction space adventure um, because that's not my genre. Number two, write in series they can bring in more or write books that are related to one another. Um, my newest book is a spinoff of the Lizardvilles. If you read the new book, there is a couple of uh, Easter eggs in there where the kids are going, the young ghost hunters are going out looking for some things and they come through a small town and like, what a strange name for a town, Lizardville, which is a prompt to go read the other books. You know, there's just there's a few references back and forth. No, it's a standalone story, but still, it has a tie into the other book. So standalones um, or interconnected books. Um, packaging is crucial. So I can testify to, I have put out covers that are horrible. They, when we did Blast Off, it was one of the kids' books, the middle grade books. I won an award the very first week for the ugliest book cover of the week award. And the it was a website. They posted it out. They said, you know, just because this person can draw doesn't mean they should draw. <laughs> and the, the guy who left the review said, I will take all of that back if the author can tell me that it was his five-year-old daughter who drew this picture. But it was not. So I quickly scrambled, hired somebody else. Um, my wife and I thought the cover was great. It was not. Um, the, and we came up with a brand new cover real quick and we released the book. Um, so packaging, yes. The synopsis, the title, I mean, all crucial points to go along with it. If you don't have the right title, if you don't have the packaging to go with it, if, you know, it can, just, it can be a disaster. A bad synopsis can be a disaster. Um, Another secret is taking your time. It's not a race. You, know, you have to be happy with the product that you put out. You know, and I, when you start rushing, when you start pushing something to market, that's when your mistakes are going to happen. That's where I found myself with my blast off book. The cover, when I saw it, I thought it was kind of cutesy. You know, yeah, it's cutesy if you're a five, six year old kid, but to an adult, that's not going to appeal to an adult to buy for their five or six year old kid. Um, so take your time. You know, it's not a race. Enjoy the, the journey. It's a journey to get to the end. Very few of us are going to write a story um, like the girl on a train that you've never been heard of and you, you sell 25 million copies of a book. That just doesn't happen. It's a fairy tale. It's like I'm going to throw a football today and end up in the NFL tomorrow. It just doesn't happen. Agreed. 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 Um, you have to protect your mental state. You don't want to, you know, avoid burnout. And there's a lot to go on.
in that subject because that is your biggest asset is you. So that's another one. And you have to remember the final secret is your book has many lives. And a lot of people are like, what? I don't get that. Well, you can spin them differently. You can re-release them under different titles. You can re-release them under different covers. You can put books together. You can rewrite them. Um, when I was talking with Alessandra Torre, and again, I refer to her because she's kind of like been a mentor to me. She had a book series. It was four or five books. They were all novellas. They didn't do well. She changed them up a little bit, put a couple of them together, re-released them. They still didn't do well. She changed the covers on them, added a different title and referencing in the synopsis at the end that these were previously released as this. And then they became great books, great sellers for her. So, you know, that's, that's number six is, you know, they do have many lives and, you know, um, you know, you have to always develop your talent. It's kind of a secret bonus here, but you have to develop your own talent. You're your asset. So continue to develop, read, 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 read books on how to do better writing, read books. And I read books on trying to show, not tell. Um, it's just, you have to continue to grow. You know, read marketing books because no one's going to help you with marketing unless you try to figure out, uh, you know, figure it out on your own. It's education, 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 education. Wow. No, this is amazing advice. Please, everybody should take a pen and pencil out as that begins. I'm glad I said that at the very end because that was smart. <laughs> I hope you were taking notes. I hope you were taking notes too. If not, replay the podcast. It will, mm -hmm. You'll learn things. Okay, Steve, how do people find you? What is your social media? Um, I'm all over social media. So my biggest place to find me, and I always st steer people there, it's Steve Altier, A-L-T-I-E-R.com. Um, all my social media links are there, um, except for TikTok, which I just started playing around on TikTok. I'm not good in front of a camera, never really have been but I'm not that guy who's going to be out there dancing and stuff like that. But I mean, maybe, maybe I could, who knows. Um, but I try to you know, got the viral post. We'll see if it goes viral. I, I like it. Yeah, maybe, maybe I'll, uh, you know, I'm playing around trying to learn some different things on TikTok and trying to, you know, get the word out about my books there because it's a different audience. Um, everything's always changing in social media. You just have to stay one step ahead of the game. Um, and you can find me on Goodreads. Um, that's a great site for any author to be on. If, if I haven't mentioned that in the past, because there's like 100 million readers on there. And if you're not on Goodreads, you're missing the boat. You really are. Very true. What is your new book coming out? What is the next one coming out? Um, I am currently writing a middle grade chapter book going back to the Gabby and Maddox series. And then I have another project I'm getting ready to start. Um, I'm not going to discuss that. It's still my secret project. My newest release is The Ghost Hunter. came out September 7th. Um, it's been great so far. Um, it hit number 83 on the Amazon bestseller list. So I'm really thrilled about that. Thank you all for that. Um, I own the creators. Um, I wouldn't be doing this without you guys. I'll probably work and still be books But we're very glad they're backing you up. Awesome. Well, Steve, thank you so much for bringing on the Drinking with Authors podcast. You've been amazing. Thank you. Well, thank you very much. And thank you for having me on the show. Absolutely. Okay, guys, this has been Drinking with Authors, the Literary Briefs Edition. I've been your host, Erica Lambs. My co host today has been. I'm Jan Our guest has been Steve out here, and we will 
time.